Storm caught up, face with hard luck. Face to face, face to face with hard luck. Car shots, Steve Smurdy was with hard luck. Pips and car shots, Steve Smurdy was with hard luck. Storm caught up, face with hard luck. Face to face, face to face with hard luck. Car shots, Steve Smurdy was with hard luck. Pips and car shots, Steve Smurdy was with hard luck. Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you like the Hard Luck Show, then hit the like button and subscribe. You can always catch the Hard Luck Show on Mondays and Thursdays. Sitting across from me is my partner. Is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here with another hard-hitting show once again. And old Blue Eyes himself. That's right. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional, engineer for a hard luck show. Yes, indeed. No salmon sushi and no Big Pick Mike ice cream. No ice cream, no sushi. No ice cream, no sushi. We're not fucking around here today. It's only the three amigas, the last three, the holy trinity, still standing, still here, still showing up. With a container full of fucking pretzels with peanut butter. Right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, what do you remember about the McDonald's massacre, Big Lux? First off, the McDonald's massacre was massive news. Horrible event. I think that that would be, I would have to say that would be the first mass shooting that I can recall, remember. Right. Uh, and I and I can tell you right now from the coverage of the news, from everybody watching it, from the dialogue I, and the, the, what I could hear in my head and the whole feeling about that was America wasn't used to seeing anything like that. This is pre all the shit that's happened over the last 20, 25 years this is before all that. It was massive, bro. It's it was crazy, like a, man. a freak incident. Crazy. This guy walked up, started shooting kids, family, everybody. I mean, 1984, like... Where's it at? San Diego? San Ysidro, San Ysidro, which is a neighborhood in San Diego. I've gone to the fucking McDonald's before, bro. You have? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Been to that McDonald's before. Right. Yeah. The thing that's crazy about that is, is that <clears throat> McDonald's, I don't eat, first, before we even get into all that, McDonald's in 1984 is not McDonald's 2023. It's a completely different kind of McDonald's, mm-hmm. right? Like, that was when you would go in, people had uniforms. Bro, Pe- they still had, they had like the brown thing where they they would slide in each letter. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Yeah. Right. There was no digital menus. Oh, no. They had that. like all these characters, Mayor McCheese. It was like Disneyland with a cheeseburger. Yeah, and they had the whole play thing. You got to remember, they had the right. whole, that one had the whole play structure outside. The whole deal of McDonald's was you could bring the family there. The parents could fucking take a load off. The dogs are barking and the kids could go play on the goddamn fucking right. Mayor McCheese fucking right. ball pit. Right. Right. Yep. Kind of like precursor to Chuck E. Cheese. The right. whole idea. Get everyone to go in there. 1984. And I was looking at like what was the country like in 1984? Like what are we thinking about? And the movies. Fuck. Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid was coming out. You had like probably something like Footloose. You had 16 Candles. Very naive, innocent time. Right? Oh, yeah. And then. Unheard of. And then? 
and then, right? I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. Like, which way do we go? Do we talk about the incident? Do we talk about the people first? Do we think about how it leads up to what it is? Yeah, let's talk about who the guy was and how it leads up to the event. What so, do we know about this? This Psychopath. Well, he was a father, a married man. He was a husband in a normalized, traditional, heterosexual relationship, a multi-year marriage to a woman named Etna. His name was James Huberty. Huberty, which is white, dude. Well, I mean, yeah, straight what? up. Come on, why is they gay? <laughs> Wait, that what? was almost translucent. He was yeah, so right. He was like a you know Jeffrey Dahmer's like stunt double. Yeah, like yeah, come yeah. on, bro. That's the psych. That's a that's a mass killer. Yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise. Right. White Caucasian. Right. Glasses, you know, like librarian yeah, glasses. Dude, fuck. Right. Right, calm but still stressed out, kind of like you know what was it, Michael Douglas and yeah, falling yeah, down, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. right? So I think that probably partially that that scene in that side that fast food joint was inspired by. Oh, that. it was, bro. Are you kidding me? Hundred percent. Right, right. And that would have been not long after that. So this guy Huberty, huh. right? He is like a normal. Running the mill white dude, and without going into his backstory, because I'm starting, because I've been reading about serial serial killers and the and the logic and all this stuff, and I'm actually getting away from necessarily like putting everything in their psychology as like you know their childhood or this or that, what led to this, what led to that. There's other aspects I think, just society in general. But at this time, mm-hmm. he is um he's a gun nut right surprise surprise he's mm-hmm. a gun nut he marries this woman named etna they have two girls Zalia, zia zalia like naming kids like kanye west long before that became a thing mm-hmm. right and so he had two daughters and he was like a welder okay and he made enough welding at that time that he had like a two-story house in Southern California and everyone had their own room and all that shit. It was like, this guy was welding. He was making like what's today like 170000 a year. I mean, think about that, Sean. Nice. I mean, I don't think, I don't know if we can, we remember that. Like, a guy could, pre, pre, his wife wasn't working. He was providing enough money to have a house and all this other stuff, welding, not like an 18-hour gig, right? Going, coming home, tons of downtime. One of the things about this James Huberty was he had a, a deformity. He got polio when he was a kid, mm-hmm. which... Vaccines protected people against polio, but in 1950s and stuff, that was still going around. Did he had one leg that was shorter than the other. He had a limp of some kind. Right. Right. Which one of the things you see, right, is he had a hard time socializing. <laughs> They'd bring him over to like a barbecue to try to get him to meet people, and he'd just stand in the corner and keep to himself. Mm. I see somebody that's quiet and keeps to themselves. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, you know I start to worry. Fucking, yeah, <laughs> like it ain't a loud mouth that I, I see that guy coming. With. Wow, white guy, <laughs> white guy, thing. right, mm-hmm. right. Balled up in the corner. <laughs> yeah, kind of just fitting into the blending into the background. That's the number one fucking. So, so he's like that, right? But <clears throat> he grew up on a farm with his dad. Apparently, when he was three, his mom split because she wanted to be a Southern Baptist so bad. I mean, this is a totally different country. The dad says, I just bought 40 acres over in whatever, Pennsylvania with design. We're going to live with the Amish and, you know, use wooden nails and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the wife was like, I'm not doing that. I want to be a Southern Baptist and I want to preach for a living. And so she splits, leaves this guy, James Huberty, three years old, abandons him with his dad. So he's raised on this farm with his dad and his grandpa. His only friend is the gun. What he loves to do is go out at night and shoot. All his life, which at that time, Amish country, I mean, what teenage boy wasn't going around with a 22 shooting shit? Shit. I shot shit. I had a fucking air rifle. But he lost his job in San Ysidro on the welding deal. And I can't remember what it was, but his job performance just wasn't good, so they cut him. So he had no job, right? And he had a history of domestic violence with his wife, Etna. And he slapped his daughters around a little bit. Hmm. There's reports that, you know, his 7, 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old daughter would be walking in the neighborhood. After everything that came out happened, they, they, she, they would have some bruises on their arms or something, and they would say, you know, my dad hit me or something like that. And I, I guess back then you looked down on that, but you didn't really report it. All right. Yeah. Which right. is kind of crazy, right? So this guy's menacing. He's going to, but nobody has any idea that he's going to snap like this. When he loses his job as the mo- most highly paid welder in Southern California, he goes to his wife. They go, you know what we should do? Take our savings and buy an apartment building and live off the rent. So he puts it all together. They get this loan, whatever, and takes like a year or something. They're living off their savings and they're putting it all. It looks like it's going to come to through. And then somehow the bank and everything, it just falls through. Now he becomes convinced that international banks, some elite New York money people are trying to keep him and is going to try to bankrupt the United States. Right? So it's getting kind of like preoccupied with the international globalist conspiracy of banks and financiers that are sucking the lifeblood of, of America. So he's stressing out. He gets stressed out so much that he convinces his wife and his kids to move to Mexico. Sells everything, moves to Mexico, lives in Mexico for two months and realizes, you know what? Not a good idea. Sells everything, goes right back to San Ysidro. 
And then he gets a job as a security guard. And shortly after he gets a job as a security guard, they let him go for poor performance. Mm. Now he's at his breaking point. Breaking point. Now, his wife knew he was violent. His wife knew he was like kind of aggressive. And his wife knew. She didn't think he was crazy. Mm-hmm. So he finally turns to his wife and he says, I got to call a psychotic hotline in San Ysidro. So she's like, uh, okay, yeah, that's, why don't we do that? So he sits down, right, not cell phones. They look through the yellow pages. They find psychotic helpline, right? And you're about to go pull whatever it is. We'll, so he calls him up. And he sits there and he gives his information to the operator. And we, we know all of this because after the murder of 21 people and the, the wounding of like another 30, they wanted to go back and find out what went wrong. So he calls up the psychotic hotline and he's like, listen, I'm about to fucking go ballistic. He doesn't say that. He's just like, I'm, you know, under a lot of strain. I need some help. The lady said the operator that took that call, they found her. She goes, you know, he didn't sound stressed out. Like he was very polite and calm. So I didn't think it was like a real emergency. And he gave me some information. I thought he said his name was Schuberty. I get his name is Huberty, but I heard Schuberty, so I wrote down Schuberty. And then I told him, somebody will call you back in a couple of hours and you can get an appointment with somebody who can help you. So he goes, fine, hangs up. And his wife said he just sat there staring at the phone for like seven hours. No one called back. I mean, so he all of a sudden goes, <sighs> society had its chance, right? And his wife is like, I don't know. The guy's always talking about banks. He's a fucking asshole. I don't know what he's talking about, right? He starts acting like, you know, these, he's going to be going away for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then the very next day he says, you know what, kids, mom, oh, let's go to the zoo. So they go to the zoo. He's at the San Diego Zoo, which is that famous zoo in Three's Company. He goes, you know, watches the kids see these exotic animals and all this stuff. Seems to have a good time. And he goes to the McDonald's with his family. That day, they eat a meal. Obviously, right, he's planning something or something's going on with him. But that McDonald's that he had after that family, that positive family outing. That fucking food poisoned him, huh? He decides, I'm coming back. I'm going to come back to this McDonald's. I wonder if somebody didn't serve, like you got some cold fries or somebody disrespected him in line. Or or maybe he just was looking around and they were like, man, fuck this shit. Yeah, it's a good question because. Who knows? Well, I mean, you're, I think it could be all of the above. I mean, I think that he, 
saw families eating. Saw families of what he couldn't have. God had to have been. All right? And I'm going to kill everything that I can't make happen. And it was like a popular McDonald's. It was like a big McDonald's. You said yeah, you were into yeah, it, right? It was yeah. like a big... Um, I don't know that I remember being there myself, but my I remember my dad at some point in time saying, we've been to that one. We went there. Because <laughs> that was big news. And at some point in time... I saw my dad, and he had mentioned that that because we used to go down to Ensenada all the time. We drive through San Diego, and he said that. But I, to be honest with you, uh, Chuman, yeah, I don't know if that McDonald's open anymore. I for some reason I have a feeling that they fucking closed that McDonald's down because of what happened. Either they moved it, they did something at McDonald's. They did. You're absolutely right. McDonald's donated one million to some victims fund, and they donated the property to the city with the provision that no restaurant can be built on this. Okay, land. so it did get taken down. Yeah. Yes, and there's like a college there, and then right, right in front of the college is like some sort of memorial. Memorial, oh, right? Yeah, yeah you could yeah. go there right now yeah, and see it. It's not there anymore, right? That McDonald's is right. Gone. McDonald's is gone. So after lunch, after the zoo, he goes home and he, his wife lays down on the bed to chill. I guess that's what you do after you eat a filet of fish or whatever. She's just chilling. And then he, right, changes, puts on a maroon t-shirt and camouflage pants. Right? And then he goes and he gets his shotgun. I think he might have had a pistol. And I don't know how or what the rules were, but he had an Uzi. Fuck. <laughs> 300 shots per minute. Uzi. And I guess he, you know, I don't, it wasn't too uncommon for him to get his guns and be, you know, gunning, you know, right. bro gunning. And his wife's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to go hunt some humans. Oh, he said that. He did. And... Uh, he walked out with the guns and one of the neighbors saw him and called the cops because they were like, yeah, it doesn't look good. Right. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing happened. He gets in his car. Now, he probably, you know, it's about like, I want to say 356. This is 356, right? It's not even four. And he starts driving his car down to that McDonald's, the same one that he was just at. He drives down there, right? And it's packed. It's packed. It's afternoon. It's all kids, drive through, families, whatever. He walks in with the guns and he walks up to the to the counter. Now, I don't know what world it was like then when a guy could just walk in with some guns and people just didn't scatter, right. but they didn't. Right. Because... You're just not expecting that. You're not. They're not expecting it every time it happens right now, bro. You know what I mean? He had a nine millimeter Browning semi-automatic, a nine millimeter Uzi carbine, and a Winchester 1212 gauge pump action shotgun when he walked into that McDonald's looking for a happy meal, and uh. He had a cloth bag. He had like some sort of satchel that was just full of like 500, 800 rounds of ammo. 
And when he left the house and he said, I'm going to hunt hu- some humans, his daughter remembers that he said to her, goodbye, you're never going to see me again. So he went down there to die. All right. They were going to have to kill him to stop him. It was over. So he goes, he's at the front. Now there's a 16-year-old dude, like a yokel, teenage yokel, pimply yokel. It's his McDonald's job, cashier guy, right? Hamilton from Fast Time. And he's sitting there and he's like, can I help you? And Huberty raises his shotgun and points it at him. And still people don't like flip out. They think it's a gag. Right. He pulls the trigger on that kid and it misfires. So the kid's like, man, fuck. You know, he's like, whatever. He's like, I mean, it's just it's not phased. Sick joke. Yeah. He turns around and walks away. And then like some other employee lady comes out to see like, hey, what are you doing? You know? And Huberty raises the Uzi and shoots her or the nine millimeter pistol and shoots her right in the eye. And then it becomes a real. Then he fixes the pump action shotgun and he, I think he shoots that same kid again. Boom! Right in the chest. And I think that kid survived the entire ordeal. And there's, dude, as soon as he does that, and then he starts shooting the front, now everybody freaks out. Everybody, ah! But people don't run out. They start hiding under tables, right? And they said that he had like a, he found a radio and he put up some music and started dancing around with the guns what? and shooting motherfuckers. And there would there was one guy right after he shot like four people and listen I'm not gonna get into too graphically because when I was researching it he's talking about shooting kids <laughs> I don't want yeah I, I'm like fuck that yeah I can't get in with that yeah but some guy <coughs> right got up and was like very politely tried to ask him like will you please stop shooting people and he just took the shotgun and unloaded like 12 rounds in his chest and screaming shut up shut up shut up and he was calling everybody swine and vietnam assholes and he was telling everybody like i've killed thousands and i'm here to kill a thousand more and he was shooting the windows and they were like spider webbing gunshots were going off for like 20 minutes and he would even stop, right? Reload. People are cowering. You have family members shielding family members. There's stories where the guy would see like a mom protecting her kid. That would upset him. And then he would kill the mom. There's a story where he was walking by and one of the people that got shot was like out, but they weren't dead. And then they opened their eyes and then he just would pump them right there and just kill them. It's insane. There was a lady with her daughter who came through the drive-thru and she like looked through the drive-thru and saw all this blood and mayhem and was like stepped on the gas and went in reverse and slammed into like a fence and they hid in the car. They made they they were safe. But for 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes, no cops showed up. No coordinating off. Oh, didn't show up? Did or, not. Or, or, did or not, didn't come in. Didn't show up yet. It was like 30 minutes in when finally somebody called and told the cop that somebody had gotten shot and they were at the post office next door trying to get better and the dispatch sent the cop to the wrong post office. He had to turn around and come back. Then when he got there, he was the only one there and then he saw this huge 
you know, McDonald's massacre, mayhem, bullets, glass, blood, people flying. It. I don't know what he could actually see inside, but he definitely saw. This is a war zone. He didn't go in. He was calling in for backup and waiting for backup. And then the backup kind of like came in slow. But nobody rushed in. Nobody wanted to go in. The police later, because again, they went back and did a forensic look at like, what are all the things that went wrong here? Right. <clears throat> and the cops were like, well, we couldn't see in because the glass was shattered. Apparently, the glass that was up was like shatterproof glass. So when you shot it, it would just spider web and you right. couldn't see. Yeah, but other witness reports that were outside said that they could see in holes and stuff and knew exactly what was going on in there and knew how many people had guns. And it was just this guy. But he would stop, right, and sit down at a table and rest. And then get up and then like move to the next table and kill some people that were hiding. Then he would sit down, chill. I think some some teenagers on bikes came up and he shot at them outside as they rode up. One of them got away. The other two were killed. I mean, it's like a full-on afternoon. It yeah. took... I remember seeing the bikes laying in the fucking parking lot and shit. Right. Wow. They went back to the wife, you know, and they were like, so what happened? And she said that when he left and said, I'm going to go hunt some humans or whatever, she knew something was off. So she tried to call. She went through the phone book to try to find the place that... They called, right, to say what was going on. And when she called all the places, none of the places, none of the psych, psychological helplines had any of the information that he called. She couldn't find the right one, and the reason was because the lady wrote down the wrong name. So when she said it's Huberty, they looked for H or something, and there was no information. So nobody claimed to know that that was the guy. So 77 minutes elapsed with this guy alone with terror-stricken families and people who just went there to eat. There was a truck driver that was there on his coffee break who had was on his last month of a 40-year career, and he was retiring. He had one month to go. He went in there for the coffee break. This psycho killed him, right? And so... Uh, he, so what the police were eventually able to do was to set up one sniper who sat way up and I, he was looking through like the, the cracked open door or whatever. And Hubert, he walked past it. He had like maybe one or two chances that he didn't take because it, it wasn't the right shot or whatever, but he came through and he couldn't get the head, but he could get the chest and he shot and apparently the bullet went right in and like cut a major aorta or like whatever and cut his heart. A heart shot killed him instantly and dropped him. And then they came in and and did all that stuff, uh, you know, started to pick up the pieces or whatever it is. Fuck. I mean, there was a lady I saw in an interview who said to this day, when I hear about the school shootings or I hear about what I relive this whole thing. Right. For sure, dude. For sure. Imagine that. Imagine you going through and surviving that and then that becoming the norm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like you, this thing happened to you and it was traumatic and it's life changing. But then slowly your experience starts to be everywhere. And you, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. 
Right. 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 Thinking right. like this, like you survive some kind of anomaly. Right. But this can't happen. And 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 th- let this serve as a warning. Right. It'll never happen again. Right. Because we'll never forget. And then it just becomes like almost a daily or a weekly occurrence in schools. War kid. Right. Yeah. Right. But it, I mean, I got a lot of questions, but um, hold on a second. I got a lot of questions. I, I almost felt like. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, like there was, um, I must feel like there was, um, guidelines that were rewritten for shit like this. Or like I said, what, what the, uh, what the, uh, like what the police procedures were. Yeah. Procedures or protocol, but you brought up a good point. There might've not been any in place because this was so early on. Right. Like at, wait a minute, let me ask something. Before all the mass shooting, was there just no police thinking nobody's going to mass shoot? We don't ever stand. The, people aren't crazy enough to just start shooting up everybody. We'll give guns to everyone, but they don't do stuff like that. Like, was that at some point in time? I th- I think I think so. I think always. So if you go back to old West days, right? You'd have these mobs. Mm-hmm. And you'd always have riots where, you know, a bunch of villagers or townsfolk or whoever it was got a wild hair up their ass and they were going to go kill one person or something like that. Or, you know, 10, a racist based, you know, thing. But it wasn't like, but the concept of a single individual male that you would not be able to pick up out of a lineup mm-hmm. going in and doing a mass killing. I don't think that that had become a thing. I mean, that's why you have the FBI putting so much effort into these forensic profiles of serial killers because it was like, how do you stop that? You can see a mob coming. You can hose them down with water or whatever, whatever. You can. That's normal, I guess, just, you know, group violence stuff, gangs, whatever, right? You can kind of see all that, posses, you know, all that shit. Sure. But... 1980s white male or any color male, I don't care if it's white, but whatever, right? Single individual with enough firepower that you wouldn't be able to detect a person like that. And he's just going to walk into a place where, right, over, you know, one billion served. Their whole, McDonald's' whole get down is try to get a crowd in that restaurant, right? A mass of people in a small location. That's not criminal or anything. But that's the way the model's set up. Then that presents for somebody like a Huberty who wants to, let's say, right, he says, at least people said, society had his chance. I mean, he wasn't part of an outfit. He was an outcast. Hmm. So when an outcast says society's had its chance, he's going to go look 
for some place where he can do some kind of inflict his mark and damage on society. And at this point in time, McDonald's was the perfect spot because it was all about family. It was all about massive people. And it was all about happy hamburgers and all that good government bullshit. Man, that's lousy, bro. What, uh, and you found, they went and talked to his wife and his kids. Damn, his kids got to be like fucking in their fifties now. Yeah. One of his daughters, you know, said, I don't know how you live with that. Cause the way the, the, the articles about his kids and stuff, they sound like actually normal people. Mm -hmm. And one of them became a nurse. Because she wanted to like at least pay back or do something. Oh, really? The opposite of what her dad did. Right. And she just said there was just two sides to him. She didn't really have a way to put it all into. He would. There was a night sky, and then there was this monster. That was the only. What? What could she? You know. I mean, how many? Dude, you know what I think about? How many near monsters? Right, near mass killings. Have we just? We just don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. For sure. Right? Somebody came to the park with a sawed-off shotgun and got, like, this close to going postal, but for whatever reason decided, you know what? <sighs> I'm not going to do it. Or something intercepted it and stopped it. Yeah. But what What about just a, a flip, like, you know, you, what, what if a guy went down to the McDonald's and was like, I'm going to love Waiting in his car for eight hours to come out with his guns loaded. Yeah, talking to himself. And right, then just right, decided right, to right, go home. Right. You know, and his wife's like, where were you? Uh, you know, I was just driving around thinking. Sweated off 10 pounds in the car. <laughs> uh, and how many of those do you think there are? I don't know, man, but you got to be insane walking around gunning down fucking women and children in a fucking McDonald's. Like, like, I, if you're like not heavily like drugged out on PCP or something, right? Yeah. Then how, like, and he but, wasn't. But, but, right. And, and I guess that chemical drugs, your body can, your body can produce drugs, right? Yeah. Well, obviously. They did say, and there was some articles that later talked about that they didn't have the proper safety equipment at his um, welding oh. or they didn't know. So he got a lot of phosphorus gas and stuff into his brain. And then. Well, lead in his pores. Right. And then there was like. <laughs> and then something about like that plus the MSG from McDonald's that might have. Oh, God. <laughs> I remember hearing something like that. <laughs> remember that guy with the Twinkies? What was that? Yep. The Twinkie defense? Yeah. How did that he work? He ate the Twinkies and did something. And Let me see. I that. remember that. Yeah. It was like there's some chemical in the Twinkie. And the, let's see. I remember that. Right. <clears throat> the guy claimed temporary insanity. Mm -hmm. uh, Dan White, San Francisco. Murders. Figures. Yeah. He's the guy. He's the one who killed Harvey Milk. The gay mayor of San oh, yeah, Francisco. Right, yeah. Yeah. Killed by the guy Harvey Harvey Milk. So this guy's name is Dan White, right? Um, I didn't know he was one. You're not claiming that. Yeah, and he said that. Um, so he, I guess he, his ability to think had been 
diminished or lessened because uh, of it. he had a depression. And so he changed his, you know, stopped eating normal food and he switched over to just like eating tons and tons of like Process peanut butter, bullshit. pretzel, no, <laughs> Twinkies, right? He started eating a whole bunch of Twinkies, I guess. And then uh, he got a drop to voluntary manslaughter instead of like first degree based on oh, that. Work? I, I believe it worked. I believe there was a scientific basis for the huge amount of um, chemical in his system that caused him to kill probably a groundbreaking mayor of New of of San Francisco. Imagine that. Oh, wow. I think it wasn't just the Twinkies. I think he ate Twinkies plus a whole bunch of junk food. But that was. But what they said was that was the symptom. Of his eating, they they were saying that it wasn't really the cause of his depression, but he had this depression, and one of the symptoms was he was just mowing on Twinkies and junk food, and that's how we know he had diminished capacity. But anyway, it's called the Twinkie defense. Fuck. I mean, dude, think about it. You know, we got this society where we have maybe some of the most processed artificial foods, and then we've got all these AR-15s floating around, powder keg. You know, wow, dude, it's bad. It's bad. I, I I just never thought. Hold on one second. Yeah. What I think is strange is that he lived in Tijuana for like two months or something like that. Almost hit it. Mm. They cremated that dude, Huberty. So this thing happened on July 18th. They cremated this dude on July 23rd. Quickly. Yeah, they just burned him up. Like, yeah, we gotta give him, turn him ash dashes, dust dust. Get on the fuck out. God damn. Man. Yeah. I mean, then they tore down the fucking McDonald's. Yeah. That you shot up and never can put another restaurant. I mean, that guy just is horrible, man. Yeah. Think about how bad you how I mean. Think about how bad that situation must have been for them to be like, yeah, we can't even build another McDonald's here. It's over. We can't. We're not just going to put up another hamburger sh shack right here. It's, it's too ugly what happened. But yeah, that's the McDonald's massacre, which I'm surprised there hasn't been like a full-on dramatization. That maybe yeah. McDonald's has tried to keep that out of oh, the public consciousness. Well, I mean, goddamn, dog! How are they gonna, how are they gonna do that docudrama without fucking it being McDonald's, though? Right. And I would just see them as like, nah. Yeah, you know, we ain't. Like no, fucking, no, no, no. Yeah. But how can you stop it either? I mean, you'd have to do all the normal ways to stop it. You know, buy a lot of ads and then tell development companies like, well, I mean, you want to go with the McDonald massacre? Well, I guess we're pulling our commercials all off of NBC, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And then you probably don't even have to tell that to people. You probably, you probably don't have to tell, right? Some big city producer like, hey, hey don't touch that. Don't make the 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 McDonald's massacre movie if you want to continue to work at the network, pal. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need that kind of heat, right? No, nothing good can come from that. But now I think you probably could Netflix, go on to Netflix and put together like a series. 
I mean, fuck, they had the fucking, what was the the guys down there then fucking that were going, looking, they were cutting off their genitals and all that shit. <laughs> and, the, and the cover of that DVD was the Nike, was the Nike shoe. You know, you would think Nike was trying to stop that from getting. You know what's interesting? You bring up a very fascinating point. Is the the that cult, the mm. spaceship cult people, does their... They're by San Ysidro. I'm not kidding. <laughs> You're right. They are. They're like by La Jolla or some shit. Charles, man. There's Charles a lot man. of weird shit in Southern California, homie. Hey, bro. <laughs> you go east from San Diego? <laughs> what is that? Right. Something county? Yeah, yeah. Lancaster or... Uh, no, no, no. No, Kings? Like North County or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But there's yeah. like... There's a lot of weird stuff over there, dude. Inland oh, of San yeah. Diego. We should just do like a whole inland hunt for humans. Yeah, it is kind of weird over there. Yeah. Not a lot of people, you know, around and keeping tabs on what's, what's going really on. What's really going on? Nuclear people test left their own, yeah, yeah, they left their own devices. Government like pollution just letting like floating around in the groundwater. Yeah, totally. Salt and sea, you know, weird. Yeah, dude, it's. There's a couple different names, but one of the dudes from Blink-182, not Travis, but yeah. so one of them was from out there. I forget where it was from, the name of it, but it was like, I was like, where's that? They're like, oh, that's over by by such and such. And I'm like, where's that? <laughs> well, that's over by such and such. And I remember there was like this whole fucking community of towns I'd never even heard of, man. Right. You know, we're not supposed to hear about those towns. <laughs> Those are just where weirdness goes down and nobody needs to know about it, Towns. Well, partner. Wow. I, that was excellent, bro. Uh, that was a good. That was good. That was informative. That was 1984, you guys. That's yeah. fucking 16 or 17 years old. Yeah, I was about nine, maybe. Nine or ten. Uh, nuts. Hey, man, I'll tell you what else is nuts. What a fucking eggplant parmesan sandwich <laughs> from... Enzo's Pizzeria. God damn. Yeah. Shout out to Enzo's Pizzeria in Westwood. Check them out. Big shout out to uh, Soul Assassins, Estevan Oriole. And uh, and a big shout out to uh, Cookies, Vibes, Supermax Hardware. Go check out supermaxhardware.com. And uh, yeah, man, the city of Santa Monica. That's what I got. Yeah. Thanks out. Um, Sean Chumahan, what you guys got? Oh, Blue Eyes, why don't you take it? Jump in there, old boy. I got Edifify.com slash hard luck show. Oh, wait. So, hey, Sterling hit me up. She's giving me some dates, and she wants to set up the Rachel Sterling experience where our our listeners can go backstage and meet Sterling and all the comics and everything. And they're going to, Sean hasn't set up the the one page yet. Have you, Sean, or what have you done? Yeah, it's right here. Check it out. Check it out, man. Hard luck show. We got the proto episodes on there. We got LA Crime Mixtape. We got the Art of War. LA Crime Mixtape is for free. And so if we set it up with Rachel to come down to one of her comedy gigs, you get to go backstage and hang out with Rachel. She'll sign your fucking posters and you got to be a gentleman. Sign your chest. She can sign your chest. You're not going to sign her chest. You're going to be a gentleman when you go back there. But you can sign up and do all that. Do you have that 
set up for Miss Sterling. I mean, I need the dates and all that to set it up, but yeah, I can set that up easily. All right, so we're going to keep everybody apprised of how that develops. And of course, all proceeds go to better programming for HLS mm-hmm. and all of that. All that. All right. All that. Anything else, old blue eye? No, that's it. All right, Ovanda Bowen LLP. I want to give a big shout out to a certain someone whose hmm. family member is under indictment for a major embezzlement. Hmm. The fan of the show called me up. I gave him some pointers, some pointers, and I just want to say thoughts and prayers with you, my man. I thought you were talking about Trump. Yeah, I, I do have one thing to say. Uh, shout out to Leo, who I met at Costco, fan of the show. Hey, Leo! Leo! I think that's his name. Leo! I sure hope so. Yeah. Get some of those... Uh, yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah, get Be some sure. of those uh, peanut butter filled pretzels. There you go. Nah, get the Polish dogs. Bring them down oh, that's here. Right. That's right. right. Come over here and tell us what it's like to meet your idol, old blue eyes, at the Costco. <laughs> Washington Boulevard. All that. Yeah! Let's All go. Right. Good. That's it. That's what I got. All right, guys. Like we do out of here. Like we do out here at the Hard Luck Show. We're out of here. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.